Genesis. Um, Genesis. If you hit if you hit Exodus, I said if on, on Sunday night if you hit Revelation you've gone too far. If you hit Exodus you've gone too far. Um, we're going to be in Genesis chapter twenty four um, tonight, and uh, let's go ahead and open in prayer, and then we'll we'll get into it. Grace, Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for this time in your Word, Lord. Just uh, um, thank you for this this uh, challenge that you've given me from from this uh, this part of, of of your Word, Lord. Um, and uh, Lord, just I, I pray that you use me tonight, Lord. Give me the right words to say. Help me say what I ought to say, Lord, and just uh, hide me behind your cross tonight, Lord. Just be glorified in everything I say tonight. In your name, amen. All right, Genesis chapter 24. Uh, we're going to start in verse 1, right at the beginning. Um, chapter 24, verse 1. The Bible says, And Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all, all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, uh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt make, not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me into this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware thou that, are th Beware thou that thou bring not my son thither again. The Lord, of God, the Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land, and he shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swear to him concerning that matter. So in this chapter, I'll kind of set the stage a little bit. We see Abraham. Abraham's got a concern. Uh, he wants his, his son, his son of promise, Isaac, uh, a, a suitable wife. Um, so God, uh, in, in chapter 23, tells Abraham to send, your, ten, send, send a servant, go find a bride for your son. So Abraham takes his oldest servant and tells him to go. But before he goes, he makes him promise that he won't find a, a wife from the Canaanites where, where they were living. Um, he implored him to go back to his own country where Abraham was from and find one of his kindred. Um, one thing Abraham recognized, and this is, this is kind of, this is free, I'll, I'll say, as pastor, as pastor says, this, is, this part's free. But uh, Abraham recognized that the Canaanites that he dwelled among, they weren't godly people. He saw that these people would have resulted in an unequal yoking, a, uh, a marriage where there's one godly person and, and one not godly person, ungodly person. Um, a lot of times we, do, you know, we use terms in the, in the Bible and we don't know what they mean because we don't use them as much anymore. But yoke um, refers to the piece of wood that you'd place between two, uh, if you're farming, between two oxen, and it would connect to the plow behind them as they're plowing the field. The piece of wood would keep the oxen together, and they'd be able to plow no matter the soil type, right? Um, but the key was that the oxen had to be of equal strength. If you took an ox that was, say, say two-year-old, this young, big, strong ox, and put him next to a newborn, they wouldn't be able to plow because the 
they would basically plow in circles. The new, or the old, the, this young strong ox would, would drag the, the newborn around, right? And, and it's the same way if you have two people in a relationship. And it's not talking just marriage. It's, it's marriage. It's close friendships. It's a business relationship, right? The Bible is, uh, the Bible's very clear. Um, as Christians, we shouldn't be yoked. We shouldn't be bonded together with non-Christians. Um, turn, to, turn to 2 Corinthians. We'll come back to Genesis, so don't, don't lose your place there. But 2 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says, uh, verse 14, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord uh, hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. So this this isn't specifically addressing marriage right here. It's addressing the Christian life in general. Doesn't mean we don't live in this world, because we live in this world, Right? It doesn't mean we can't have friends that are, that are non-Christians or uh, unbelievers, but, it, but what it says is our relationship can't or shouldn't really be close. Think of it. Throughout the New Testament, Christians are told to be light. Throughout the New Testament, unbelievers are said to be darkness. Light and darkness can't coexist. And, and more times than not, the darkness overtakes the light. So... Um, and this, this kind of is an add-on to the message. Uh, but parents, we need to be like Abraham. We need to challenge our kids, encourage our kids to be looking for a future spouse with the same standards, the same beliefs, the same views that we hold. And so teens, I'm going to talk to you like I do on, on, on our Sunday morning class. Ask the tough questions from your future spouse. What do you believe? Why do you believe it? When you get to the point of thinking about marriage, ensure that the person that you're going to marry isn't going to put you in an unequally yoked relationship. You know, we need to allow God to direct the choosing of our spouse, the choosing of our friends, the choosing of, of any relationship that we're in, whether it's, whether it's you know, a marriage relationship or, or not. We need to allow God to choose the directing. So that's the first part. That's, that's message number one. Back to Genesis. We'll get message number two now. Verse 10. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed, for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he, and he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. So, so Abraham's servant leaves. He goes to Mesopotamia, and, and he goes to a place where he thinks he's going to find somebody. A well, knowing full well that... <laughs> that in the evening, the ladies would come out and draw water, right? But look at what he does while he waits. Chapter, uh, verse 12. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. 
and let it come to pass that the damsel whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she shall say, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. So the first thing he does, and this is kind of the first thing that we can, we can take from tonight, is he started his task by going to God in prayer. He recognized the only way this mission would be completed is if God was in it. It was only through God that success could be had. Um, if we're to be successful in anything that we do, God has to be in it. But not only in it, our full reliance has to be on God. We need to look, for him, look to him for guidance, look to him for direction, look to him for strength to complete it. Verse 15 continues. And it came to pass before he had done speaking that behold, Rebekah came out who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin. Neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him a drink. And when he, she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they had done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again unto the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And the man, wondering at her, held his peace to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of a half shekel of weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels of weight of gold, and said, Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee, is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, which she bare unto Nahor. She said, Moreover unto him, we have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. And the man bowed down his head and worshiped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So before this servant even said amen on his prayer to God, God brought this young damsel to the well. Verse 16 to 20 outlined her qualifications, show the type of woman she was. She was pure. She was humble. She was respectful. She was thoughtful. Verses 22 to 25 was, was really the proposal from the servant. But look at 26 and 27 again. The first thing that the servant does, and the man bowed down his head and worshiped the Lord. First thing we have to do whenever God answers a prayer is we got to thank God for what he does. The servant prayed that this mission would be a success. Before he even finished praying, God would answer that prayer. The first thing the servant did after that was thank God for his answer of prayer. He bowed his head and he worshiped the Lord. You know, we have to be careful, and, and you know, I'm guilty of it too, that when we ask for God, when we ask God for something, we, when we ask God to work, when we ask him to do something in our lives, we got to remember to thank him to praise him when he actually does it. You know, how often do we see an answer to prayer and then we neglect to thank the one that answered it? You know, did you, did you pray for a new job and, and get it? Well, did you thank him afterwards? 
Was there a health scare that, you know, maybe was healed or fixed? Did you worship him for that healing, for that recovery? Was there a problem with a neighbor, a coworker, a, a friend that you prayed for and saw resolution, uh, resolution? Well, was there praise to the God that followed that? God is good. I mean, I talked about it on, on Sunday night, but God is good in answering prayers. God works miracles through prayer. But we need to remember to thank him for answering those prayers. But in addition to that, look at verse 27. And this one stood out to me, and, and it's just a little phrase, but I, but I actually un underlined it um, in, my, in, in my other Bible. Um, verse 27 says, uh, you know, he praises God. He says, blessed be the Lord God. Then he goes on and he says, I being in the way. You know, if we want God to use us, if we want God to do something through us, we need to be in the way. A lot of times, not in a bad way, but a lot of times we get discouraged, we get frustrated, we get, you know, just kind of down because we don't see God doing something through us. But God can't use us if we're sitting on the couch. You know, God can't use us if we're unwilling to be in the way for him. God used this servant because he was in the way. God wants to use his children. He wants to reach the unsaved. He wants to encourage a brother or sister. He wants to further the gospel, but he can't use his children if we're not in a place where he can use us. Um, it's imperative. We're in a place in our life where God can bless. God can use us. It's important that we're doing things that God can be pleased with. You know, we can't expect to God, God to do something through us if we're not doing anything for God. So I challenge you, get in the way. Um, this part of the passage wraps up. <clears throat> and he said, verse 27 again, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth, I being in the way. The Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And the damsel ran and told them of her mother's house these things. And Rebekah had a brother, and his name was Laban. And Laban ran out of the man unto the well. And it came to pass, when he saw the earring and bracelets upon his sister's hands, and when he heard the words of Rebekah his sister, saying, Thus spake the man unto me, that he came unto the man. And behold, he stood by the camels at the well. And he said, Come in, thou blessed of the Lord, wherefore thou standest without. For I have prepared the house, I have and room for the camels. And the man came into the house, and he ungirded his camels, and gave straw and provender for the camels, and water to wash his feet, and the men's feet that were with him. And there was set meat before him to eat. But he said, I will not eat until I have told mine errand. And he said, Speak on. So as we wrap up this evening, last takeaway from this passage. So the servant gives Rebecca all these things. Laban comes out and sees, you know, here's what, what happens. And, and he comes out and greets the man, right? And he says, hey, we've got plenty of room. We've got room for your camels. We've got room for you. Um, come in, come in. You know, he gets the camels cared for. The servant gets himself cleaned up, gets all the men cleaned up with it or with him. And then they sit down and they set out this feast, right? But before he eats, before he partakes, he says, hold on. I'm here on a mission, and I need to complete that before I eat all this, eat anything. What he's saying is, is this. I won't do these things that I desire to do 
I won't do this enjoyable thing that I see in front of myself until I finish business. His master sent him to do a job and this servant wouldn't be sidetracked until he completed his duty. You can bet he was probably hungry. I can guarantee you he was probably pretty tired. You know, it was probably tempting for him to just sit back, take care of himself, eat the meal, relax a little bit, but he was there on business. So this is our last challenge I'm gonna leave you with tonight. As a Christian, we're here on business. We're here on business for our master. We're placed on this earth with an errand from our Lord. We're here as a servant to the one we serve and he's given us a task. We're placed on this planet, planet, as the Bible says, to preach the gospel to every creature, to walk in the light, to be an ambassador for Christ in this lost and dying world. And sadly, I think a lot of times we either forget that or many Christians don't realize that. You know, to many, being saved is a get-out-of-hell-free card. Um, you know, just kind of go along with our life. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Eat, drink, and be merry, right? But you know, I think a lot of Christians, we maybe pamper the flesh first and, and aren't concerned with the business of the one who called us out of darkness. We're not saved to sit around. We're not saved to stagnate. We're saved to serve the one that saved us. Paul's letter to the Christian Corinthian church reminds us multiple times we're bought with a price. Because of that price, we're to glorify God in everything we say, everything we think, everything we do. So if we're saved, we're here with a purpose. And that purpose is to do the will of God, to reach the lost, to be an example of the love of Christ, to those that, that God's placed in our life, right? We ought to prioritize that task like the servant did in this story. We got to prioritize that task that God's given us above all else. So this year, we're, we're looking at more and more in 2024. Um, a lot of churches are looking at more in 24, but I'll challenge you to do that. Prioritize the work that God has given you as a Christian, me as a Christian, Invite others to church. Give out the gospel, whether it's a track or word of mouth. Don't miss an outreach. I know we've got a couple coming up here. Don't miss an opportunity to serve, whether it's collating Bibles or helping on work days at the church or serving in the nursery or children's church, whatever it is. Don't miss an opportunity to lift a brother or sister in Christ up. Take them out to a meal or encouraging them with a text or a quick phone call. Let's take this example tonight from Genesis, seemingly random passage in Genesis, and apply it to our lives. Pray for God to direct your path. Thank God when he does answer. And let's do the work that God has put us here to do. Let's pray. Grace Heavenly Father, thank you for this time in your word. Lord, just thank you for this uh, passage from Genesis, Lord, this uh, um, example from this, this servant, Lord, and, and um, his prioritization of the errand that his master sent us on, him on, Lord. Lord, just help us to prioritize what you've sent us here to do, Lord, to uh, um, just be a, a, an example for those around us of, of the Christ that saved us, Lord, but also to, to preach the gospel to those that don't know you, Lord, just to put others in our path that we can reach 
uh, with the gospel. Lord, give us a good night, safety as we travel home. In your name, amen. Thank you for being here tonight. You are dismissed.